Welcome to Spirit in Action. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and each week we bring you visits and conversations with people doing healing work for this world, hearing what they're doing and what inspires them and supports them in doing it. Welcome to Spirit in Action. Back in 2008, I spent a couple weeks in Rwanda in East Africa, and at that time, today's guest, Fiakra Mutabazi, was only in his teens. Because Fiakra's father is a friend, I've had glimpses of Fiakra as he's grown, and over the past five years, I've seen an amazing variety of organizations and efforts that he's created to make both Rwanda and the world a better place. The first was My Story Rwanda. And then there was what was first called Rwanda Artist Network, now called Kunda Arts Collective. Soon there was Kigali House of Stories, and then there has been the Kunda Arts Store, creating upcycled art. All of this has grown from the soil of Rwanda, perhaps best known in the West for the genocide that took place there in 1994. However, in the course of the ensuing 27 years, Rwanda has become one of the most peaceful and clean places in the world, and also the number one country in the world in terms of female leadership in its parliament. This is where Fiakra Mutabasi has been finding ways to nurture and harness the creative and peace-oriented energy of Rwanda art. Fiakra joins us today from the Kunda Arts Collective in Kigali, Rwanda, via Zoom. Fiakra, I'm so happy to have you here today for Spirit in Action. Yeah, I'm happy also to be part of this exciting show. And it's exciting, all the things you've been doing. The My Story Project and the Kunda Arts Collective and many more projects. It seems you're constantly creating new projects each day. Did you get your organizational skills from your father? Yeah, I was inspired with my father because seeing him walk, waking up early in the morning, going to the office, being responsible of other people, and meeting other people in the street saying, oh, your father is a good man. So I was like, maybe why not? So let me try also to follow this career because he loves people. And I was also pushed to love people. That's where it came from. I like to think that I had a significant role in helping him become a dancer. I don't think he had ever been a dancer before 2008 when I was in Rwanda. Then in 2011, he came and danced with us in Indiana, which I don't think he ever planned to do that in his life. Had you seen him dance when you were young? Yeah, yeah, right. He, he never danced before. He was always shy when it comes to dancing and everything. Although me, I grew up loving to dance and singing. Good. Then maybe we're going to have a tour maybe next year, a Friendly Folk Dancer tour, go to England, and maybe you and your dad should both come. That's not fun. That would be fun and exciting. I can't wait for that occasion. <laughs> and it has to do also with the art that you nurture. I was a little bit surprised to find that your education was actually in public health. Yes. So how did you go from public health to art and my story and all of this? I tried uh, long story short. So, well, I mean, when I finished my high school, where I did physics, chemistry, and biology, so I went to Uganda to study pharmacy. But then I was not really a fan of pharmacy because for me, I don't really like to stay in the same place. So I told my dad, look, I mean, you are paying a lot of money, 
but I don't really like uh, this environment and what I'm studying. Would you let me come back to Rwanda and start a small business? So I chose uh, public health because, I mean, my parents wanted me to study health-related courses because, I mean, in general, in Rwanda, they believe that once you study those lessons, you have a higher chance to have a better life. So then I tried to study public health because more relaxable and uh, flexible so I could do other stuff. So then I started a small business. So the business was about buying phones in the U.S. and ship them in Rwanda, then resell it to students and the local people. But at some point, it collapsed because, I mean, I had limited experiences and uh, I also got scammed by a person I knew well. Then this made me question myself. Like, if someone asked me, what good did you do in your life? Will I say I sold phone? Everyone can do that, right? You get the phone, you get the client, and you sell it. Then the second question was like, why did I fail? So I realized that I failed because it was not a matter that I lacked the capital, but it was a matter that I lacked the experience. I mean, trustable experience. So I was like, maybe I should share my story so that people learn from me and not do the same thing I did in the past. That's when it came my story, but I was like, but not everyone is interested in my story. Maybe I want to be an artist. I'm interested into an artist story. I want to be a businessman. I'm interested in Fiatri story. I want to be a, a writer. I want to, I mean, I want to be a politician. So I created a platform called My Story, and the main goal was to empower young people through storytelling. So that's how I came up with my story, and I started writing stories of social activists, peacemakers, entrepreneurs, artists. From the moment you're talking, I wrote more than 60 stories. And the good thing, the stories are in English. Mm-hmm. And the story, they are a bit, they are really personalized. Theory starts like, my name is Fiakre Mutawazi, blah, blah. So whoever is leading, he can put himself or herself in the shoes of the story he's leading. And with that, I was also organizing events. Like, it's good I wrote a story about you. I read your story. But then I got inspired, and inspiring is not enough. I want to connect with you. So that's why I was bringing people around the story about, so that they can present their stories live. And the people who appreciate their stories, they can actually meet in person, ask questions, and connect. But then, I mean, the organization was not stable. I was just investing my money, and my parents were always like, Fiakre, why do you spend the money doing this? Can you find something important? So then I came up with a sustainable model called Chigari House of Stories, which is where I stay now. So the Chigari House of Stories basically was to attract people who are interested into supporting youth. So they stay at my house and that fee helps cover my story's expenses. But then uh, where I remember one day I was writing a story about a guy. He, he lived in Canada and he asked me, like, how do you make money with this? I was like, I don't make any money with this. If you have any way, you know, you will tell me, I'll be fine. So he, he told me there is a job opportunity in the U.S. with Lime Bike, but to work as a freelancer. So I got, uh, well, do you know Lime Scooters? Doesn't sound familiar. I understood the words, but I don't know, I don't think I know what Lime Scooters are. So Lime Scooters, it's, um, they work kind of Uber. They are based in the U.S. and they started from San Francisco. They look green. They're green scooters. A lime green color, you're saying? Yes. 
So then I started working for Lime as a customer service support. So every time I was getting calls from the US, I was like, thank you for calling to Lime customer service support. My name is Fiacre, blah, 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 those kind of things. <laughs> you were Jack instead of Fiacre? Yeah. But then, so the good thing, they were repaying really well. So that's when I got an investment to start the Chigari House of Stories. With Chigari House of Stories, I was hosting events, hosting uh, many people, many people. For now, I hosted more than 50 people, which is a lot. Right. From the US, Canada, Germany, uh, Europe, and uh, other countries in Africa. But coming back to my story, so basically when I was writing stories and organizing events, most of the people who were coming in my events were artists. But then looking how they were struggling, because it's cool to have talent, but I'm not happy you having a talent and struggling with life. So most of them had talent, but then it was really hard for them to monetize their talent and make living out of the talents. So I came up with this organization, Kunda Art Collective. In brief, Kunda means love. Kunda means love? Yes. So when I start, I mean, I started Kunda slowly, slowly. Then the way it's connected with the Chigari House of Stories is that my business partner, she booked the Chigari House of Stories through Airbnb. When she came, uh, one night we talked and I told her what I'm doing, what I'm interested with artists. And uh, the next day she was like, would you like me to be your business partner? This is Katarina you're talking about. Yeah, this is Katarina. I was like, why not? So then she joined, and when she joined, we we launched a project to provide a workshop for artists to cover different topics like critical thinking, critical design, how to build an effective art business, how to communicate, why is it important to work as a team, how do you pitch your ideas, how do you social media, those kind of things. So we got lucky and got funded with the German embassy to organize those workshops. And also another organization in Germany is funding, is covering some other costs. So then we didn't stop there because our organization is built into a social model where, of course, we can rely on fundings, but we also, need, we also want to have our own ways to sustain it. So that's where we started Kunda Art Store. So let me just catch people up who are listening, all those tuned in today for Spirit in Action. We're speaking with Fiakra Mutabazi. He's in Rwanda, the capital city of Rwanda. If you haven't been there, we would pronounce it as Kigali, but more normally it's pronounced Chigali. It starts with a K, the capital, biggest city in Rwanda. And Fiakra, I met him actually in 2008 when I was there. He was just a teenager at that point. But he's done a couple different organizations and efforts and ways to try and make good things happen in the world. And it was first created as Rwanda Artist Networks, now called Kunda Arts Collective. Their website, kundaartscollective.com. Kunda is K-U-N-D-A. There's not two A's in Kunda Arts Collective. It's the Kund Arts Collective is maybe how you'll read it. But the link is on northernspiritradio.org. So let's go on from there. So Katarina Hartwig from Germany agrees to be the chief operating officer for Kunda Arts Collective. And you've got funding from places in Germany and locally. How does that work? Yeah, I got uh, funding from the German embassy in Rwanda. 
And again, when I read on the on your website, it talked about the organization and that what you're trying to do. In your words, what is the purpose of the Kunda Arts Collective? The main purpose is to empower artists in terms of like how to balance like the art life and professional life and to help them to scale their business, but using sustainable solution. So when I say sustainable solution, we are more encouraging to develop art connected with maintaining a safe environment. If I, at some point when I will talk about Kunda Art Store, you, you will hear more about which kind of products are we trying to develop. Well, let's talk about the art store right away in Kunda Art Store, and we'll have a link for that on northernspiritradio.org. You can also find the products via kundartscollective.com site. There's an option there to look at that. So part of your sustainability, the way you're going to run this as a functional business, is to sell some things as well. And I've been looking through the items in the art store. How do you choose what goes on the art store? Yeah, basically, uh, what we chose, okay, before we were choosing random products, which has creativity, but now we are shifting to products which are environmental friendly. For example, we started making t-shirts. So what we do, we collect leftover fabrics, which people call waste, and then we collect them and we use them to give a value to normal clubs, kind of upcycling. We are also collecting old jeans, like jeans people wear, and we use them to create bags. So the tote bags, that kind of thing, are made out of former blue jeans kind of thing, the jeans, that kind of cloth, Yes. and you upcycle it. So actually, when I visited the grounds of Rwanda Yearly Meeting, I saw a project there. There's a room filled with people learning how to. So what kind of people are upcycling these products? Who is doing this? Most of the people we are working with, they come from French vocational training center. Then we have a place to give them facilities like machine. I mean, although we don't have uh, so many machines, but in the future with different uh, stakeholders, we'll be able to provide en- enough materials so they can be making those kind of stuff. Because it's an income generating activity for them, but at the same time, they are giving their part when it comes to the environment management. I noticed on the site as it now exists, and again, we're talking about the art store, I saw jewelry and it looks very modern. Are you changing what jewelry you're, you're selling, the earrings and so on? Yeah, before we are selling all types of products, but now the jewelries will be selling, they're, they're being made out of like all the newspaper that people don't need it. So we want to be 100% zero waste. Okay. Well, this requires almost new technologies. I'm sure that there's very traditional art from Rwanda that you could also feature. How is that? Is it all relatively new art? Are the designs traditional? Yeah, basically all of those designs, people, they use them without using machines or they just use their hands and their creativity. For example, we century we were collecting bottles, empty bottles of whiskey, of wine, then we use a cord to make it as something you can decorate at home. Yeah, and people also are doing paintings using leftover fabrics or of clothes. I was hoping that you would find something to do with plastic water bottles. Last time I was in Africa was 2016. I was in Kenya and your father was there as well. 
I was horrified by the number of plastic water bottles. I mean, because to have safe water, often drinking bottled water is the better solution. So there are so many empty water bottles. If they could be created into art, we would be rich with materials. Definitely. Uh, actually, talking about the plastic bottles, there is a friend of mine, he has a factory. They started uh, recycling the water bottles and create bricks out of them. And also our government, now we started promoting these Fanta bottles, not plastic bottles. Because soon, let's say in one year or two years, so they are banning these plastic bottles. So making bottles that are not disposable, but reusable bottles, right? Yeah, reusable bottles, yeah. Will that have anything to do with what you're going to be selling at the Kunda Art Store? Is there something going to be coming there that you'll be producing? Maybe custom water bottles that are art project of Kunda Arts? As I told you, the space we have, the Kunda Art Store, I mean, I didn't explain it well, but we also have like a hostel where artists stay. They have free internet, they have most of the facilities, and they can do product development, they can do research, they can see what can we do with the bottles, what can we do with empty wine bottles, what can we do with the waste we see around. And actually we came with this idea because with the COVID, it was really hard to travel and was the paintings or the materials artists used to use were becoming crazy expensive. So then we were like, why can't you use things you can find around, which you can get for free of cost, and you sell more? So that's when they started coming up with those ideas. This is, again, the, the overall project, the Kunda Arts Collective. Are there official members? I mean, there's three of you who are the staff for this. Yeah. There's you, Fiakre Mutabazi. There's Katerina Hartwig. And your third member is? Innocent Ouregier. And he's your art project manager, right? Innocent is. Yes. In English, we'd say innocent. I do speak French, so I tend to pronounce it in the same way that people would pronounce in Rwanda. But he is, I understand, both a visual artist and a social community worker. So what does social community worker mean in Rwanda? So in Rwanda, social community worker mostly means... I say to give back to the community and working closely to the people who need most of the help. So basically, our, I mean, with our Kunda art store, so we try to give them opportunities. For example, there is a, this other project you're running called Introducing Art for Sustainability to the Kids. So we go in the village where we work from. We selected through the community leader, we selected a group of students between uh, 4 to 12 years old. So every Friday they come, then we teach them different workshops. Like, but the purpose is to help them, but then using their creativity. For example, the first project, we collected those wine bottles from different people. We washed them and we made them colorful. That was one of the products. The second time, we did a painting using leftover fabric and then... And, uh, like a weekend ago, we used straw to create a, a decor we can put at home. So then after that, we do exhibition and our friends or people who want to support the kids, they come and buy those things they created out of the waste products. And the money which comes out, 
we collaborate with their schools. Then we buy them like books, uniform. That's one of the action we do with the community. So we want to help the kids, but not just give them money. We want to help them to realize that they can actually create something that's sustainability. And then with that thing, they can actually earn money and then not, they don't need help because they are creative enough. So these are one of the things we are doing. And another thing we are doing, it's actually a project coming in next month. It's called Art Residential Program. So what we'll be doing, because we are working in Chigari, but we also want to help people in rural areas who are really creative. So we'll be giving a chance of artists coming in rural areas to come and spend time at the Kunda Art Store. They stay there, they eat from there, and they exercise with their creativity. They meet, they meet other experienced artists. Then after that, they can go back and other people can come. So this is one way of spreading the creativity and the sustainability and being close to the community. I want to remind people that they are listening to Spirit in Action. Our website is northernspiritradio.org. We have 16 years of guests, both for our Spirit in Action and Song of the Soul programs. Today, for Spirit in Action, our guest is Fiakra Mutabazi. Actually, people probably don't realize this in the U.S., it's typical in most places in Africa that I've seen, you put the family name first and then the what we would call your first name second. So instead of being Mark Helps Meet, I would be Helps Meet Mark. So Fiakra, his first name and family name Mutabazi. And I met his father when I was in Rwanda in 2008. And that's how it comes. I followed him since and seen all the great work that he's been doing in Rwanda. On the northernspiritradio.org website, there's a place to post comments. I'd love to have everybody from Rwanda post a comment when they listen to it on my site. There's also a donate button. That's how we support this work. The Kunda Arts Store is important in funding for the Kunda Arts Collective. So again, their website, kundaartscollective.com, the links on northernspiritradio.org, along with everybody from the past 16 years. My programs go out primarily via community radio stations here in the United States. How many radio stations do you have there, Fiacre? I can't know the number for the moment, but when you were in Rwanda, 2008, there were only like, I think, two radio stations. But now we have maybe between 20 and 30. So it really developed so fast. We only had one TV and two radio stations in 2008 and nine. But now things changed much quicker. Yeah. Your partner in founding Kunda Arts Collective, Katharina Hartwig, again, she's from Germany. She studied film in Germany and in the U.S., and she's produced some short movies as well as documentary. Does she use that skill also for the Kunda Arts Collective? Yes, definitely, because uh, I think two months ago, no, three months ago, so we produced uh, this documentary called Art in COVID Time. So basically the documentary was to show, uh, I mean, some artists were affected with the COVID-19 and they gave up, but some were affected, but they found different solutions, like selling online, doing online art gallery. So with this documentary, we have artists from different parts of the world. There is artists from Germany, artists from Rwanda, from Uganda, from France, from the U.S., from, from Spain. And it was also about to show the strength, how people can actually do things together, although there is the distance. 
but still with the technology, things are now possible, like, like we are talking now through the laptop and everything. Yeah, so the documentary is available on My Story Rwanda YouTube channel. The YouTube channel for My Story Rwanda. Is that the full name? Yeah. And I'll have the link on Northern Spirit Radio. My Story Rwanda channel on YouTube. Again, links on northernspiritradio.org. Fiacra, I don't know that you're a historian or a statistician, but I want to talk a bit about Rwanda. For better or worse, unfortunately, many people in the United States know about Rwanda because of the genocide that happened in 1994. Yeah. So you turned 28 in December. That must have meant you you were born basically at the time or very close to just before the genocide. You were just born. Yeah, I was just born like almost one year before the genocide. This is important in a number of ways. There's people like Cecilia Romana, who I met. She was pregnant with her daughter during the genocide. It changed her life. It changed so many people's lives. Could you talk a little bit about your family and the effect the genocide had on your family? Because I think it ends up leading to what your father eventually became and what the work that you do. My parents went to Congo. I mean, they were afraid to Congo when the genocide happened. Although me, I stayed with my grandma. We catched up much later. I mean, what I'm saying is what they, I mean, I... They told you. You don't remember when you were one year old? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I was not there. I can say it is good because I was not there. Like, <laughs> to be stressed and worried about the life and everything. I mean, during that path, my dad had been meeting a lot of orphanage and he was really trying to help different people to study. And that's where it comes French Peace House and the vocational training center. Because at some point, there were so many orphanage and to keep peace. I mean, there is no peace if people are starving, if people, they don't have a person to take care of them. So they started that vocational training center to bring those kids who were affected with the genocide against Tutsi, so that when they come, like, I mean, also coming together, it helps to fight against depression, to feel like they are loved, they are taking care of it. And when they finish, they find work. You're talking as if this happened very quickly. The Tutsi genocide happened in 1994. It took a couple years for things to come back together. My understanding was that your father... I don't know when he actually became Quaker. He was raised Catholic, I believe, like I was. Yeah, from what I know, I don't remember where, but uh, maybe he became Quaker in 98-something. Then he started as a teacher in a Quaker school, George Fox Sejevka school. And then from being a teacher, he became a headmaster. From being a headmaster, he became the head of all Quaker schools. From being that, he became the critic of the Rwanda Year meeting. And after that, he became the head of France Peace House. But in all of his career, what was really his focus was to work with young people and create peace within them and helping them. Because even when he was director of Sejevka, and because I, I meet uh, different people, they tell me, oh, without your parents, I couldn't have been, I could have paid my studies. He just helped me to pay my studies. That was a grade school that Fiacro was just referring to. It started out at least as a grade school. I don't, I'm not sure which grade it goes up to now. 
when I was there in 2008, it had already advanced quite a bit. The thing I want to tell our listeners from my experience of being in Rwanda is there is probably a greater percentage of the population dedicated to working for peace than almost any other country I've been to. So in spite of the fact that we associated with the genocide, I think the people of Rwanda learned how important it is to work for peace because of what happened. Is there any specific peace message that's part of the Kunda Arts Collective? Yeah, we believe that without peace, there's no development. And without peace, there's no people around you. If you see Rwanda now, it's, uh, let's say in Africa, it's one of the topest visited country or where everyone wants to invest or start a business or visit because after only 27 years, we are now at the level to be trusted. Like if you go on the internet, you type, which country should I visit first in Africa? They're like, if it's your first time to come to Africa, please visit Rwanda because it's safe. Then the second, it's clean. So basically to make it happen is that to learn from our history that without peace, there is conflict. And with conflict, there's no development. You just find yourself alone. So we, were, we found ourselves lonely. But then with peace, with unity, with working together, we can even have many friends. That's why there's also Friends Peace House. And Friends Peace House again, because I'm Quaker and Fiacra Mutabazi is Quaker. The official name of Quakers is the Religious Society of Friends. So friends and Quakers are interchangeable as far as words. When I was there, I visited two of the memorial sites of the genocide. My heart was heavy, and I was so thankful that my actual experience of being in Rwanda was that this was perhaps as peaceful a country as I've ever seen. One of the factors that I think that maybe has something to do with this, I've already mentioned Cecil Nirmana, who organized Hutu and Tutsi women together to support one another. And these are women who could have been enemies because for the genocide, but they instead come together as peace. I think in Rwanda, women have a bigger role in society than in many other countries. Is that true in your, I'm not sure what you call your legislature, your your decision-making, your lawmakers? Yeah, if I go back to history, women were not given much opportunity to express themselves as men. But then as the time went on, we started to realize the power within women. So now Rwanda is, has the biggest number of women in the parliament, not even in Africa, in the world. So women are trusted, women are given chance, as also men are given chance. That's also why in my organization, there is a woman that is, because we believe that women, once given opportunity, they can also achieve what a man can do. I remember, because gender equality and those things, they were always affected by how we were raised. Because, for example, I was raised, my sisters, they are the one to go to the kitchen. I was raised that to see that there are roles for women and there are roles for guys. So there is one day I was working with a group of CN, they were coming from the U.S., then because the way I was raised, so I thought, I said, I need five boys volunteers to pour the table. Then the professor was like, no, next time, don't say you want five boys volunteers. Say you want five volunteers. Then I said, I want five volunteers to come help me to pour the table. 
only girls come and they were able to pull the table. So <laughs> you see, everyone is able, even the way you communicate should be not discriminating in terms of the gender equality. And again, folks, Fiakra Mutabasi is the director of the Kunda Arts Collective. Katarina Hartwig from Germany, she is the chief operating officer. Does she spend a lot of time there with you, Fiakra, right in Rwanda? Or is she in Germany a lot or U.S., other places? No, actually, she's more in Rwanda. For example, now she came last year in August. And since that time, she never went back to Germany. So she's going to Germany just to visit, but she's kind of based in Rwanda. Yeah, and she feels more comfortable staying in Rwanda than staying in Germany. I should ask you maybe about how COVID has been for Rwanda. I looked up the statistics online, and I don't know if this really tells me what your experience is like in Rwanda, but it's got a very large population Rwanda has very close to 13 million people, and it's a tiny country, so that's a lot of people. It's one of the densest, uh, the maybe the 15th densest populated country in the world. I looked at the statistics about COVID, and it said one and a half million out of the almost 13 million citizens have been tested. 11.5% people have been positive for COVID. That's been 31,000 cases and you've had 388 deaths. That's fewer deaths than I think a lot of people would expect. How bad has the situation been for COVID, and does this affect the work of Kunda Arts Collective? When the COVID started, of course, it really affected us so so badly because no one was ready about this. And the general young people here in Rwanda, even adult people, saving is not a part of I mean, it's not a part of our culture. So when COVID came, no one was ready. Few people had savings. So you understand how people were starving. And most of the people, for example, the people who would do the bus transportation, the motorbike guy, everything was stopped. So they were always starving. If I come specifically to the artists, most artists were using old methods to reach uh, their clients. For example, having an art gallery where people come and buy art. Then when COVID came in, there were less foreigners, less tourists, and those are the people who buy art. So that's why we started encouraging artists to shift from local ways to do things and move to digitalization. Also, the tourism industry was affected very much. And myself, I was affected because I had this Chigari House of Stories. There were so many foreigners. But when the COVID came in, everyone rushed going back to their places. I remember uh, I had this friend of mine, she was staying, and she took a flight of 3,500 USD to go back to the US. I mean, everyone was worried. But for me, I felt not loved because... Everybody left you. Yeah, they left me because of the COVID. So they were not sure what's going to happen. But coming to the point now, things... I mean, the past months, things were becoming much better, but... But these days, a few weeks ago, the cases again started increasing. So we have the curfew of 7 p.m. But then another good thing is that we started vaccinating people, like people, young people, vulnerable people. In the newspaper a few days ago, I read that at the end of this year, we have 7.5 million people vaccinated, which is good. By the end of this year, that's the plan? 
That's the plan. Yeah, because actually most of the people who work in the hotels, who work in places where they meet a lot of people, they are, all of them are vaccinated. And another good thing, so there is this thing going on. So they want to bring the COVID vaccines factory to Rwanda as a base in the whole Africa. Yeah, I mean, comparing to other countries in Africa, even in Europe. So we tried to really be responsible because everyone was wearing a face mask. There was washing hands facilities all over the places. It, was, it didn't really affect that much comparing to other countries. The, the only way it affected us was because the fact that I told you, most people here don't really serve. I mean, they were, they were thinking always positive, like nothing can happen. And then when the COVID came in, it was really a problem to pay rent, to find food. They were too optimistic, unfortunately. And actually, I, when I was in Togo, I was told the same thing, that there was no concept of saving, that if a family would eat one inyam per day, if you just imagine that, then they would grow 365 inyams for the year because that's how much they needed. They wouldn't grow 400, and so they wouldn't have savings. So I understand the mentality that is different than what other people get trained with. That means that the Kunda Arts Collective was born at a time which was a very hard, challenging time for you to grow the organization. That the House of Stories, your support there couldn't proceed much because you don't have visitors. But yet you've not only survived, you seem to be growing. Yeah, I mean, at some point, uh, I really wanted to give up because it was too much for me. And the situation I was in was kind of depressing. And um, not seeing the way to move this organization to another level. And I mean, when I started the Kunda, I was with other people. But then when the COVID came in, they were a bit discouraged. But I mean, I kept progressing, building the website. And then when Katarina came in, it was a new big strength and motivation. Then we would be boosted again. But at some point, for sure, I just wanted to give up because it was too much for me and uh, I could not find how to move on. So when Katana came, it really boosted my motivation. There are at least three or four different major strains of work, major organizational efforts that Fiacra Mutabasi has created in Kigali or Chigali, as it's pronounced locally. It starts with a K. There's many things he's organized. We have links to each of them on northernspiritradio.org. I want some of the specifics. So you've pointed out already that on YouTube, there's a channel for My Story Rwanda, where you have videos. What are the videos of? Those videos, it's about people telling their stories, what they do, how they're working with the people, and sharing a, a message to other young people who want to be in their shoes, let's say, in the future. And the video, they are in English, so everyone can understand. And by the way, I should mention about the language in Rwanda. Rwanda and Burundi were both French-speaking nations, but they made a decision, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, shy of 20 years ago, to switch over. So they switched over the schools to teaching in English. So you, Fiacro, have been raised in schools with English, right? And then... Even though I think, I imagine you also speak French, right? Yeah, I speak French. So you'll find, whereas 20 years ago, it would have been predominantly French in Rwanda, 
you'll find that most people now speak. In addition to Swahili and Kenya Rwanda, you'll find out that they'll speak English. So there's a lot of English there. Let me also ask you about some of the specifics about the Kunda Arts Collective. One of the things that people can find the link to on northernspiritradio.org is the connection to the art store. If I buy art from your art store, the prices are listed in dollars. How does it get to me? So one of the things are trying to see how we can do it. And uh, we are finding actually a solution because a few days ago, we got a brand ambassador. She's based in LA, Los Angeles. She's called Courtney. Courtney, yeah. Courtney Kovacevic is her name. And she's located in LA, Los Angeles. Yes, and she has been working with different uh, big companies like Coca-Cola, MTV, Emmy Award, Disneyland, uh, Disney Cinema, those big companies. So she actually reached me through uh, my Instagram and she was like, we really love what you guys are doing. How can I help? Do you need any help from me? Then I was like, why not? So we talked in details. So this is how it's going to be working. So we'll be producing big quantity of products. We send them to her as a base. So whenever you buy, the products get shipped from her to any place in the state. So this is going to be one way to support the Kunda Arts Collective. Okay. So when you go via the website for Kunda Arts Collective and you go to the store and the items you buy there will actually be sent to you from the United States, having been shipped over en masse from Rwanda. And Kourtney Kovacevic, she's a global sales executive. She is the brand ambassador for Kunda Arts Store in Los Angeles. That's how you make that happen. It's, uh, there's still pieces coming together. But I understand that you're also changing what you have in your store to make the theme that it's environmentally friendly. Talk about the art part of that. I mean, that's what Innocent, he's an artist. Yeah, he's an artist. I don't think you technically are an artist, or maybe you are. I don't know. Do you paint? Do you sing? Do you, you write? Yeah, my, uh, I can call myself a writer. I can call myself a movie director. I can call myself a singer for fun. I can call myself a dancer for fun. But basically, whoever who is creative, I consider him as an artist. But we're just specifically, he's uh, a visual artist. So one of the things that you're doing is providing items that are environmentally sustainable, upcycling, as you called it. I'm still excited by the thought that there must be something related to peace and the genocide and to native arts that you're yet to capitalize on. If there was some kind of art that is most traditionally Rwandan, what would it be? To be, uh, for example, there's this painting we have showing how the society lives together in peace. I mean, it is drawn in such a way you see the normal life of people have I mean, they live not expensive life or with rigorous, but in their face, they are happy. They go to fetch, women go to fetch water. If the kids are at the back, they come, they take the wood, they cook, they eat together, they share together. That shows, actually, art is one of the best ways to communicate peace without any judgment or any wrong uh, interpretation. And, and I think in the future, we'll just do an exhibition connecting art and peace showing how people could live in harmony without conflicts, 
without rumors or any bad feeling. Just to be clear for our listeners, at this point, Rwanda is one of the safest and cleanest places in Africa that you can go, as you said earlier. That is not necessarily true in your neighbor in Congo, in the eastern edge of the Democratic Republic of Congo. I visited there in 2014, and that area had had so many murders following the genocide. So it seems like most of the problems that you had had in both Rwanda and Burundi, they left and they went over to the Congo. Is it still very dangerous in the Congo that you can tell about? Yeah, I think it's still dangerous. Myself, I've never been there and and I don't think I can go there because (laughs) I don't feel safe. I was worried when I went. (laughs) I was told in the two areas where we were visiting that Kivu provinces, that in 20 years, there had been 6 million deaths, 6 million murders in that area. That was frightening for me to go there, but the Quakers there, being peacemakers, wanted the friendly folk dancers to come and be a voice for peace there too. So we did it, but it it was scary. It was very different. Tell me one more thing about the artists. When I went to the page, kundraartscollective.com, when I went, clicked, and it says artists, and the page came up blank, and I was surprised. I said, are there no artists? There are artists. What's happening with that? Yeah, to answer the question, so uh, our website is still under construction because this website has an e-commerce part, and it's really like, it's really a, a very uh, big website which needs time and effort to build it. But that's not the main reason. The other reason is that we are into a process of choosing which kind of artists are going to work together. Because some are willing to work with us, but at some point there's no commitment to. So we are trying to see the right team, the right people. After selecting the right people, we give them some mentorship. Then after that, they can be on the website. So you're still in the selection process for those artists. That's why most of them are not represented yet. Yeah, I'm documenting their work, their biography. So we are still working on that. So people need to check in as these things develop, and it's in rapid process. I'm assuming many things had to move slowly during COVID-19, during the pandemic, and now things are speeding up a little bit? Yes, because in COVID, uh, when it was COVID-19, Everyone left, so I was the only person, myself building the website, myself putting content, myself writing everything. So it was not easy. But well, since I got to new partners, so everything started going that very quick. I mean, alone, it's really hard to achieve success. But with teamwork, it's really faster to achieve, to achieve success. Well, it's exciting to see all of the things you've been involved in, Fiacre. Again, we've been speaking with Fiacre Mutabazi. There's a number of projects, and we'll have links to as much as we can on northernspiritradio.org. Among those projects is My Story Rwanda. You'll look at the YouTube channel to that, and on Facebook you can see them, and you'll see the kind of work that he's done there now for more than five years. You'll hear and learn about the Kigali House of Stories, where the Kunda Arts Collective is located. We'll have link and information that you can stay and visit there. And again, Rwanda is currently one of the safest and cleanest countries in the world, actually, not just in Africa. So we'll have links to that. 
And then there is the arts collective itself, the Kunda, which again, love, K-U-N-D-A, Kunda Arts Collective. We'll have links to that and to the Kunda Arts Store where you can order products and they'll be delivered to you from one of their representatives located in the United States. So we've got a wealth of things. And the amazing thing that I, I find, Fiacra, is that you don't look like you haven't slept for a year, but given how hard you work, I don't know how you've had any time to sleep. How do you do that? So mostly, mostly I love spending my time in coffees. I work from there. What makes me more even look much better is that I'm doing something I'm passionate about and something which involves meeting people, appreciating the creativity. This is what I've been looking for. Not going in the office, putting shirts, just like we are my shorts and my, my T-shirts. I move around and I'm proud most of the time I'm wearing my products, which is super motivating. Is that one of your products right there, that shirt you're wearing? So always it's written Kunda, which means love, because love means peace. Love means connecting with a person. Love means collaboration. Love means happiness. Love means any good thing you can find in the world. So that's why we choose the love. Well, I do appreciate so much that you are spreading the love. You are helping people in Rwanda and you're connecting with the world in a way that can only make peace and love grow in the world. And I appreciate that so much and that you take so much time spending time with me today for Spirit in Action. Thank you very much for inviting. Actually, there is this other project. We are starting coming two months. The main idea is it's called Kunda Art Residence. That means love at residence. So basically, we, we will be bringing all together different artists, different students who are interested to learn about art and culture in Africa, starting from Rwanda and meeting artists in Rwanda. So the, the minimum period will be two weeks and the maximum will be three months. So we have where they will stay. We do different activities, making, meeting Rwandan artists, painting together, visiting the historical part of art in Rwanda, visiting different interesting places in Rwanda. And then they go back. So I hope uh, the Northern Radio will help us to advertise that program. So the Kunda Art Residence, anywhere from two weeks to three months residencies there. It's going to be wonderful stuff. Just one of the many examples of the creativity that comes from Fiakra Mutabazi, joining us again from Rwanda in East Africa. Again, Fiakra, thank you so much for doing your work and for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you. I have links to everything on northernspiritradio.org, and there will be more coming from Fiacra Mutabazi and the Kunda Arts Collective, so remember to check periodically as more and more gets put in place. We'll send you out with a little bit of Rwandan music, Jenda Rwanda Uri Niziza, about the beauty, blessings, and peace awaiting in Rwanda. Join us next week for Spirit in Action.
Music for this program is Turning of the World, performed by Sarah Thompson. Check out all things Spirit in Action on northernspiritradio.org. Guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Thanks for listening. I'm Mark Helpsmeet, and I hope you find deep roots to support you to grow steadily toward the light. This is Spirit in Action. Oh